1: This is the Decibel Viewer Podcast with Chris Senzak and Aaron Camaro.
2: we hope you missed us because we sure missed you but we're back that's right this is the podcast that lays down the groove as you're going to find out right here today this is the decibel geek podcast my name is aaron camaro and i am always joined by my good friend chris sinzak what's going on brother
0: Uh, nice to be back after a week off how you doing
2: yeah it's it was crazy times but yeah it, i mean we over the years we've been pretty damn good we've hardly ever missed so you know if we're missing out on something it's got to be serious and we had a lot of stuff going on last week we apologize for missing out but we're coming back strong
0: yeah and you know we we still did do uh friday night live if you haven't checked that out go to youtube and Also on Facebook, but yeah, the replay is always available if you miss it live on Fridays, but usually Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, and uh, we had a good time with Andrew Scambatti and Earl Skakel last week.
2: Yeah, we sure did. Those guys are both great. And, you know, Andrew came on and talked to us about Alive 96. And if you're a KISS fan and you haven't seen that yet, get on the YouTube now. Well, or maybe after you're done listening to this. But as soon as possible, get on there and check out KISS Alive 96 because it is something else. And we had a great time talking to him. And then our old buddy, our old Rock and Pot alumni, our good friend, Inappropriate Earl Skakel, came on and had a good time with us and even played some Beat the Geek, which, Chris, you beat him.
0: I know. It's about time I got a win. I'd been on quite a streak there.
2: <laughs> yeah, not a good streak. Maybe this is the start of a new beginning for you, a chance to really earn that title. You know, it is Beat the Geek, so it's supposed to be difficult to beat you. Yeah,
0: Well, Maybe for next Friday Night Live, we don't have a guest. Maybe we can see if a listener wants to go against me.
2: Okay, cool. I'll see if I can whip up some questions. But today, we're back for the regular podcast, and there's nothing regular about us because we're always trying to come up with cool and unique angles to talk about our favorite subject, hard rock, and classic metal, and I think we've got a good one here today. But of course, before we get to all that, we got to take care of our business, and our business, you know us, it's iTunes Reviews, it's Podchaser Reviews, it's Facebook recommendations, and basically anywhere else you can leave a review or a recommendation for us, we love it. And when you do it, and all five of them stars are there, we're going to read it on the show, even if they're not all there, but we prefer that they are, which is a good thing, because today... All the stars are here (laughs) and we've got a couple of really awesome reviews we're gonna start with this one it's an Apple podcast review it's entitled it's not all about kiss it's five stars it goes like this I've only started listening to these guys in the last six months I thought it was a kiss podcast in the past it's just a great show about rock music they cover plenty of ground including kiss the recent look at a music magazine from the '80s was superb, and they really took me back. Glad I started listening, guys. Greetings from the UK, and keep up the great work. It's appreciated. And that's an awesome one. It comes to us from uh, Rural Junior, number one via Apple Rural. Podcast, huh? I think it's Rural Juror. Oh, Rural Juror. Okay, yeah. he's a yeah, he's a he gets out there and takes care of farmyard disputes. Maybe I don't know.
0: i was i was wondering the same thing you came up with a better idea than i
2: (laughs) i find in defense of the uh chickens today (laughs) exactly but it's from great britain and it's greatly appreciated so much awesome and we also have a pod chaser review and this one comes from a familiar name our awesome friend Kristen schimbach you hear us talk about her all the time we don't have a lot of female listeners but mighty k is one of our very favorites and she gave us a pod chaser review with all five pink stars and it goes like this this really is my favorite podcast What you have here are two guys talking about the things that you and I love. You learn a lot from them. They have great discussions, awesome guests. I love to laugh, and they make that happen for us also. Truly entertaining. Chris and Aaron are two of the nicest, most down-to-earth guys, and they love their listeners and give everything they have to this podcast. We even get a Rockin' Pod Expo every year because of them. I went in 2019 and loved every second of it. Years of episodes with old school rock concert commercials, great interviews with legends who are no longer with us. You will be introduced to music you haven't heard yet or find yourself falling in love with a band you never thought you'd like because of these guys. There's a lot more but listen and find out for yourself. I will always be a huge fan of this podcast. And that comes to us from our awesome friend, Mighty K. She is just the coolest, isn't she?
0: Can't get a bigger ego boost than that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mighty K. You're you're awesome yourself.
2: For sure. Everybody's doing something right around here, I guess.
0: Yeah, and it's nice to get a Podchaser review. Podchaser is an awesome site, guys. We don't get paid by them to say it. Just check them out. It's like IMDb, and you can leave leave reviews on individual episodes. That's the coolest feature, I think.
2: Yeah, so if you find one like today that you might really like, you might want to just leave an individual review about this week's episode. So go ahead and check that out. And like I said, you leave us a good review, we're going to read it on the show, so you get a little extra for your time. It's good stuff. We really appreciate it. Other people that we greatly greatly appreciate are the people who take the episodes once we release them we always make the announcement on facebook or on twitter and if you take it and share it or retweet it then you're going to become an honorary geek of the week
0: thanks for everybody who retweeted and shared on facebook last week's pantheon of rock episode yeah Um, so happy to be part of the pantheon podcast family go check them out pantheonpodcast.com i think and, uh, yeah, Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, Rockin' Ron Runyon, Decibel Geek TV, Sit and Spin with Joe, Cobras and Fire Podcast, Bill Elam, The Bakery Podcast, Aaron Baker, David Glenn, Shay Hargett, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Christian Swain, Pantheon Podcast, James McElhenny, Doug Fox, Grayson Gallegos, Keith Rockford, Alan Deshawn, Sticks, Steckman, and, as always,
2: the, the Mooger Fooger. Fooger. That's right. As proud and happy as we are to be a part of Pantheon Podcasts, we are so proud to have such awesome friends out there like our Geeks of the Week that get out and share and retweet these episodes. If you want to be an honorary Geek of the Week, you do the same, and we'll be reading your name right here next week. So we like to be creative, right? We like to have fun. We like to talk about rock and roll music. You know, there's all different aspects we can tackle. We've hit it from just about every single angle, and one thing I was thinking about was how fun Way back, it was when we did our guitar duos episode, you know, the best guitar duos of all time. And, you know, that's that's good and it's fun and it's easy because, you know, everybody always talks about the guitar players and everybody always talks about the lead singers, you know, and the, the lead men of the groups and all that good stuff. But where's the love for the rhythm section? What yeah. about the bass player and the drummer? Today, we're giving the rhythm section their much deserved love and attention
0: yeah but i mean at the same time when filling out the list of possible picks i was like there's a lot of really well known people in here so um but yeah it's as far as the rhythm section as a unit you don't really hear a lot about that but uh as we go along you're going to be like oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah and so oh, and yeah. i think uh the way you you came up with this idea like to We're going to do this kind of draft style, and uh, I guarantee there's going to be some pissed off people, but hey, that's that's what a discussion show is all about.
2: Uh Good old dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. Yes, it's time for the Decibel Geek Rhythm Section Draft. That's right. What we're doing today is we're going to go through and draft style. Chris and I are going to put together our top 20 rhythm section combos of all time in rock and roll so this is going to be a prestigious list by the time we're done we're going to start things off we're going to flip the coin one of us is going to get to go first one of us is going to get to go second and we're going to go all the way up to 20 and we're going to list as we go on the spot on the fly who we think are the greatest combination of bass and drums of all time in rock and roll do you happen to have a coin handy chris I can
0: get one. But real quick, so <laughs> so essentially this is going to be our, each of our top ten when this is done because we're each picking ten, right?
2: Right, yeah, but if you pick somebody that I would have added to my list, certainly, they're off oh, the yeah. board and I'm out of luck.
0: I've got a quarter right here.
2: All right, well, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to call Tails.
0: Okay, well, here, here, you hear that? That's a real coin. Okay. So you're calling Tails. Let's hope I can uh, get this not to fall off the desk here its heads
2: all right well chris you're going to go first so you are going to name the number one all time because there's no place to start when you do a draft but at the top so we're going to start at the top work our way back to 20 all right chris so here we are on the spot number one you won the coin toss and so who is the number one rhythm section in rock and roll history
0: so this is so and i'm sorry to delay and and stall here but it's just this is hard yeah because it's it's like do we go with our favorites and like what they mean to us or do we go on technique or what they mean to the Band because some would, of these, there's like some of my picks are going to be because they will they actually carry the band in my opinion,
2: yeah, yeah, definitely, and i think I think it's going to be a little bit of a blend of both, you know, kind of like okay. when we did the rock and roll hall of fame there's going to be you know you can 't do this without these guys, and there's going right. to be I really want to sneak these guys in <laughs> okay i'm sure right. but I mean for number one, I think you kind of got to go with you know what would the world oh, agree with what would the world me. agree with that you agree with i mean who do you think is your number one well it, so it comes
0: down between two two duos that that came to mind right away i'll go the first one because i think i might be a little more of a fan than you so I, of of this band so i'll pick this one i will go with Getty lee and neil Peart.
2: that's in my top three for sure I can't disagree with that. When I looked at this, too, I, I had three that came to my head right away. And Getty Lee and Neil Peart, without question, are one of the, if not the singular, greatest rhythm section of any band of all time. These guys were such a huge, important part to Rush. First off, there's only three of them. So that makes what yeah. those guys do that much more important. So there you got two-thirds of the band are your rhythm section
0: pretty important yeah and there's like no there's no two guitar twin guitar thing and also getty deserves so much credit because he's doing the bass he's doing the vocals hell he's even doing keyboards and vocal and, and bass on some songs
2: yeah so yeah i'm definitely not going to disagree with getty lee and neil pert at number one i had him at number three but i mean any one of my top three could be interchangeable i think yeah all right good way to start well then i'm gonna go for the second pick in the rhythm section draft with what I originally had as my number one pick which to me it's unquestionable except for these top three <laughs> it's okay. so hard it's so hard to do this think about it people think about it yourselves who is your number one it's difficult to choose but I'm going to go with the incomparable duo of Geezer Butler and Bill Ward of Black Sabbath
0: All right. well yeah they're, they're up there for me too
2: top three
0: uh for me no um top five
2: definitely number one for me and the first duo i thought of when we decided to do this all right so you know i mean hard to argue either one of those one or two i don't think anybody would really disagree with that too much but uh what do you got for number three well this
0: is the other duo that came to mind immediately that you just have to give it up for and that's john paul jones and john bonham
2: I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, I've got them personally at one, two, three, four, five, Mm -hmm. but top five is top five. You know, I can't argue with that. I'll I'll go top three with them. It's hard to argue that, you know, because John Paul Jones and John Bonham were such a huge part of that band. I mean, sure, you got Jimmy Page and you got Robert Plant, and that's always going to be the focus of Led Zeppelin, but when like you said when you talk about two guys that anchor the band and anchor the songs it's hard to argue with anybody being more important in that category than john paul jones and john bonham so i had him at five you're gonna put him in at three i'm cool with that
0: and and to to give two examples of like things that stood out for me when i thought of them as far as great work between the two of them listen to ramble on Mm -hmm. um the baseline on ramblon is just so beautiful it, and it's he's doing something so independent of what page is doing on the guitar and it, it gives a complete different color to the song obviously bonham i can just say listen to the entire catalog because his right. work stands out so much but it's Rambalon is the first one that comes to mind and the other listen to the pre-chorus slash chorus of um immigrant song yeah and because bonham's drumming on that is incredible and and John Paul Jones's bass is just going like do 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 It's just going all over the place, and you know that's, yeah. They, I think they, they're at the top of the heat for me.
2: I'll agree with that. No problem putting them at number three. Well, then I'm going to go ahead and go with who I chose on my list as my number two rhythm section, bass and drum duo of all time. And, I mean, if this ain't at the top of everybody's list, I don't know, you might be listening to the wrong podcast. But for me at number four, I'm going to go with Steve Harris and Nico McBrain of Iron Maiden. Yeah, they were in my top five also. So, so far, you know, as difficult as this is, it's not really that difficult because, you know, when you're talking one, two, three, four like that, it's it's all pretty easy. I don't think anybody can really disagree with this. I mean, Steve Harris, Nico McBrain, I mean, come on. You don't get much better than that.
0: Yeah, I mean, incredible work and I mean there's a lot of Maiden songs. I mean you know, Maiden's known for the great leads and Bruce's high vocals, but there's a lot of songs that those two carry, especially Steve Harris. I mean, he's the the primary songwriter in the band. So it's there's and, you know, I love – but I, I'm still partial to the earlier pre nico stuff in Maiden. But it's – I mean, it technique-wise, I mean, you don't get a better duo than those two.
2: Well, and then you think about some of these, and this definitely applies for Steve Harris and Nico. But if you could take like, – like Michael Wagner does when we go visit him and he's like, hey, check out this song. And he's got it all on the board and he's bringing down certain things and bringing other things up. I could sit and jam on Iron Maiden all day if it was just the bass and drum tracks.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, they're
2: songs within themselves. <clears throat> and so I think that's kind of important in this, and I think that deserves them a spot in the top five, and it does at number four. So that means you're up next. I don't know. Are we Are going to start diverging here a little bit? I mean, one, two, three, four is pretty easy.
0: Yeah, well... Well, I'm going to pick the one that everyone probably knew I was going to pick to start the whole thing, which I think you even told me on the phone earlier that you knew this would be my first pick. Uh, Phil Lynette and Brian Downey.
2: Yeah, hard to argue that. You know, same thing that we talked about with Lemmy is Phil. You know, he's he's singing the songs, he's playing the bass, he's holding it all together. And longtime drummer, you know, these guys have had plenty of time from the very beginning to get that chemistry together and... They got it for sure, even though Phil's also singing the songs they don't miss a beat together I had them at let's see four five six seven I had them at number eight on my list
0: they top ten that's hard to argue with but yeah. uh, and you, you know then Leslie's known for a lot of good changes on the guitar position throughout the years but you know Phil and Brian were the constants through the whole thing and um you know Brian was there right from the beginning but I don't know there's so many so many great songs. Like if you just want to hear the best example of those two working together, to me, and I know our good friend Luke Carl will agree because it was his favorite live album, uh, then Lizzie Live and Dangerous. Listen to that one.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think there's something to be said too for the longevity of a rhythm section partnership like that. Because there's there's some great bass players out there that I go, eh, they played with a lot of different drummers and didn't really have a lot of time with one or the other. Right. And then I look at it and say, well, there's a lot of great drummers out there too that had a smattering of all different kinds of bass players that they played with but never really had that one guy with any type of a run. And when you're talking about the entire career of Thin Lizzy, as long as we had Phil Liney with us, it was those two doing it. Right.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's, it's a great it's a great pair of musicians. And, you know, Brian Downey, um, <laughs> he saw a whole lot of drama through his period of time. He's always been kind of known as the steady guy through the whole thing. And uh, I can imagine that's a volatile band to be drumming for. And, you know, there was a lot of craziness going on behind the scenes and on stage. The, those guys would get loaded pretty regularly. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just love the way he locks in. You know, he's not a flashy guy, but super solid drummer and uh, and you know went through a whole lot of different types of music that those, those that that band did you know all the way up through uh you know thunder and lightning that really heavy record
2: yeah for sure all right so then that's going to bring us up to number six this is going to be my choice and to put in the rhythm section draft at number six i'm going to go with a classic i'm going with roger glover and ian pace of deep purple I had a feeling you would pick them. You know what? Those guys have written so many great songs over the years. And then you think about it, too, when you're talking about the rhythm section of Deep Purple, you kind of, these guys get a little bit of an edge because they got John Lord helping them out, too. But, I mean, just too many great albums, too many great songs, long partnership. These guys are longtime friends. Still doing it today. You got to put them right up there. Deep Purple's got to be represented with their stellar rhythm section.
0: Yeah, did you, I, did you even I have respect, them on your list? Well, I mean, I had them on the list of possible picks, okay. um, but they didn't. They wouldn't have made my top ten, just personally. Um, great players, uh, you know, and uh, you know Roger Glover. I love him as a producer too. Yeah, um, but I, uh, no, I mean Deep Purple. I mean, the you have to give them respect. Ian Pace, a hell of a drummer. Yeah, and the more I think about it, the more I kind of wish I had. But uh, I don't know. I I think I'm letting my uh, my lack of appreciation for their songs color my choice on this
2: all right well i've got you covered because they're going at number six okay all right so uh, now it's up to you to pick big lucky number seven
0: it's, it gets so hard because like I, I don't think i even mentioned this top of the show i had i had 32 options here
2: <laughs> i think i got a little more than that <laughs> oh my god and
0: it was just like when i when i first started thinking I'm like, okay that one that one and that one and then the uh, more i started digging into this i'm like oh yeah there's a well
2: um since we got so many to choose from you know what we could do we could go up to the top 20 here on decibel geek and then maybe go up to the top 40 when we get done recording for the new chris and aaron show for the vips
0: oh or we just keep picking more
2: yeah if you want to
0: yeah well let's see where our list stand as we get
2: closer (laughs) all right let's see what we got left at the end
0: we do need to do some vip work though um
2: what are you talking about? I just released two full Chris and Aaron episodes this last week.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting confused. And we're all, we're also putting the Torpedo Dudes out. Uh-huh.
2: So. Yep. So VIPs, keep your eyes open for those.
0: All right. So, man, who am I going to pick now? Um, I'll just go the ones that kind of were gut, gut instincts from here on out, I think. Uh, okay. Cliff Williams and Phil Rudd from ACDC.
2: I had those guys at nine on my list.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's is the classic rhythm section from the band and you know i i love chris slade but uh you know hearing phil on the new record you just kind of hear something that was missing and uh if you talk to any drummer they might be able to play a acdc song you know one or two or three in a row and and hold it down pretty good but do that for a two-hour set it's hard to do that to be that consistent and Cliff Williams is not a flashy player, but those two together, man, there's magic there.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what I was looking at putting those guys top 10 for sure anyway, because Again, you know, it's Angus, it's whoever's singing, whether it's Bon Scott or Brian Johnson, and it's uh, Malcolm, you know, that always gets, it's the three guys up front that always get the uh, the focus in ACDC, and hardly anybody ever talks about Cliff Williams and Phil Rudd, but take any ACDC song and take away the bass and take away the drums, it's cool, but it's not what it is, you know. These guys are the engine behind acdc the guitars awesome you know the riffs killer the songs great the singing cool but without the rhythm section in acdc they're nothing nothing I tell you and so yeah I definitely agree Cliff and Phil deserve to be in there cool
0: so I I took one you wanted
2: (laughs) yeah you've taken a bunch I've wanted already so far (laughs) out of my top 10 I've only got three left between the two of us so I'm gonna go with my highest ranked duo that I've got left and that is Michael Anthony and Alex Van Halen at number eight that's very
0: cool yeah they were on my list of possibles also
2: Yeah, you got to have them. You can't do this without them. Van Halen, I mean, they're, again, you know, David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen. What else is there? Look (laughs) behind the curtain. This is what holds all these awesome songs together. Individually, I think Alex Van Halen is definitely considered to be one of the greatest drummers of all time. But if you look at it without Michael Anthony, does he get considered to be that? You know, Michael Anthony adds so much to that rhythm section to these songs, the things that hold this all together, that I think Michael Anthony kind of gets left out of a lot of conversations of great bass players. But if you look at it as a team, you got to include him up there in the top 10, and that's where we got him at number eight.
0: Yeah, and Michael Anthony with his uh, background vocal ability, too. You know,
2: yeah, that's, totally. That's- yes.
0: That's a, that's a big asset for that band. You know, Wolfie does a great job, but I don't think they were the, I just don't think they're the same without Michael.
2: No, I agree. Wolfie did do a great job. And if you asked Alex, he'd probably tell you, Oh, I had more of a rapport with Wolfie than I do with Michael, but yeah. I don't know if I'd buy that. So if I'm looking at it as all time, all time, it's gotta be Michael Anthony. Yeah.
0: All right. So my next pick, I, I'll make sure it's one that I don't think's on your list, although it might be.
2: Let's see. I got them all on my list.
0: I know you're not a big Queen fan, so I'm going to take John Deacon and Roger Taylor.
2: Hear that? That's me writing them down on my list because I didn't have them on the list.
0: I knew it. <laughs> And that's, a, that's sacrilege, Aaron. How can you not have them on your list?
2: Yeah, you're right. You're right. I didn't even, the Queen kind of slipped me by, but I mean, just the song We Will Rock You Alone is a testament yeah. to the the rhythm section and the importance of those guys in that band.
0: Well, and another one, Bites the Dust. I mean, the, the song's yeah. driven by Deacon's bass playing and also uh under pressure you know that's a that's yeah, a great bass yeah. song
2: i kind of feel bad that i didn't have him on my list now but yeah queen definitely deserves to be in there
0: so all you queen fan listeners you heard it i got on to aaron for not picking them so you don't have to now
2: yeah and i i accept it because he's right and you're right too yeah definitely when you're talking about bass and drums you got to include those guys even if i would have forgot them i see now the error of my ways and i agree <laughs> they should be in the top 10 Yeah. Oh boy, this is where it gets kind of tough
0: Tough from the beginning for me I'm still having a hard time picking
2: So this is going to round out the top 10 You know what, this might sound a little crazy But I really truly Uh stand behind this pick And I think top 10 is pretty good for these guys They've had a long career together. They've been together since the very beginning. I think they add so much to the band that they're in and don't always get all the credit in the world. So at number 10, I'm going with Frank Bello and Charlie Benante of Anthrax.
0: Yeah, they're in my like top 15. They're
2: I had them on powerful the list. powerful rhythm section for a powerful band. I was kind of torn between them and a couple other like real thrash metal legend drum and bass duos, but man, you talk about having a long career together and writing many, many awesome songs together. These guys never really took too much of a break from each other and are still successful to this very day. Yeah, I got to put them in at number 10 for sure. The dudes from Anthrax yeah,
0: real good, really good. And uh, you know, and there's natural chemistry there because uh, I think Charlie is Frank's uncle. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. Wow.
2: Yeah. I did not know that.
0: <laughs> yeah, <That's laughs> wow. an uncle a year or two an age apart.
2: That's cool. So I think, yeah, that's solid top 10 right there. So
0: we have our top five each. Do you want to go over the, what we have so far?
2: Okay, so so far, at number one, we've got Getty Lee and Neil Pert. At number two, Geezer Butler and Bill Ward of Sabbath. At number three, John Paul Jones and John Bonham from Led Zeppelin. A lot of people I think would say they should be number one, but we've got them at number three. Number four, Steve Harris and Nico McBrain from Iron Maiden. At number five, Phil Lynott and Brian Downey of Thin Lizzy. At number six, we got our dudes from Deep Purple, Roger Glover and Ian Pace. At number seven, we got Cliff Williams and Phil Rudd of ACDC. Not just the classic era, but the current era as well. I love that. I think that's part of the reason why Power Up is so damn good. Oh, it totally is. Big reason for it. At number eight, Michael Anthony and Alex Van Halen of Van Halen. At number nine, got the dudes from Queen. I was going to do it without them, but I would have been wrong. And then at number 10, from Anthrax, Frank Bello and Charlie Benante. And that is our top 10 right there. So we've got 10 more to go to round out our top 20 all-time greatest rhythm section duos of all time. And you're up. Damn, it's getting so much harder now. Um, all right, here's one
0: where I... They could have easily m- made the list over Thin Lidsey if I was, you know, I don't know. They were they're kind of on the same playing field and the importance to me and I think importance to the band. I'm going to go with Doug Pennick and Jerry Gaskell of King's X.
2: Let's see. I've got them. They are in. I know I got them on my list. Where do I got them at?
0: <laughs> if you're having to look that deep, it's not. Yeah, too I guess.
2: Oh, they're they're top 20. I got those guys top 20 for sure, but, yeah, I I won't disagree with that because when I'm putting these together, a lot of these, when it gets down to that far, it's kind of like I kind of had them in groups. I had the, the A group, the B group, and the C group. And the C group, I was having fun putting them together but didn't think they'd probably even make the list. The B group, I figured, you know, there's some of these in here. I'm not sure exactly what order I would put these in but they deserve to go in there. And uh, Doug Pinnock and Jerry Gaskill, there's no denying them. Again, here's another situation where your bass player is also your singer. It's a three-piece band, so that means two-thirds of the band is the rhythm section. Kings X, undeniably awesome band, and yeah, I think they deserve it. So I do not have a problem with Doug Pinnock and Jerry Gaskill at number 11 at all.
0: They're so integral to that band. I love Ty Tabor too, an amazing guitar player and writer. But uh, Doug, between playing a twelve-string bass and his soulful voice, and and Jerry with like one of the most unorthodox drumming styles you'll ever see, if you see them live, he just he plays. Nobody plays like Jerry Gaskell. He's very unique. And uh, yeah, if you ever if you haven't seen King's X, you have an opportunity to. I highly suggest you, do. even if you're not a fan of their songs, you'll have you'll walk out of there with a whole new appreciation of what they do. And and they, you talk about pocket with these two, man. Yeah. They nobody locks in like these two do live. it's It's a great thing to watch.
2: It's that ability for the drums and the bass to become one instrument together, played by two different individuals. And if that's the criteria, number 11 might be a little low for those guys. <laughs> yeah, true. All right, so it doesn't get any easier from there, but I'm going back up to the first page of my list because Doug Pinnock and Jerry Gaskill on first look, kind of low on my list, but yeah, you're right. They should be a lot higher, but I'm going to go for number 12 with Bob Daisley and Lee Kerslake.
0: Didn't even have them on my list.
2: No, and I'm thinking about the early Ozzy. I'm thinking about Uriah Heap, but mainly the early Ozzy. I mean, those guys were so good together. I mean, even if you're just looking at the songs off of Blizzard of Oz, those guys were so good together. I can't deny them. I think they deserve it. If not, if I would have been putting this list together myself, they may have been top 10. But 12, not bad. I think they deserve it. Bob Daisley, Lee Kerslake, number 12. I stand by that.
0: Well, I didn't have them just because I didn't think about them. So it was, you know, once you said the names, like, oh, yeah. I mean, that – very important part of uh, of Ozzy's early days even though you know Sharon tr- tries to not let that be recognized but um, but yeah I mean great rhythm section for sure
2: yeah I don't think they can be denied I think they deserve it
0: alright so what am I going to do next I got all these good ones in front of me I got to pick one um damn <laughs> this is a rhythm section from a band that lasted all of two records so I'm having a hard time knowing if it's if it's if I really should pick them.
2: Well, did they have the groove together? Did they perform together as a duo? Did they mean more to the band than just about anything else? I mean, there's there's criteria, here, you know.
0: They they did all of those things except for maybe the last thing because the guitar and vocals are so important to it too. Screw it, I'm going to pick it just because I love it and I've been listening to the shit out of it lately. Um, I'm picking Tony Franklin and Carmine piece from Blue
2: Murder. Wow. Yep, yeah, not on my list.
0: Definitely not an obvious choice and there's I'm gonna get yelled at by some people for that one, but hey, it's my list. You can pick yours. Put it in the comment section by the way.
2: No denying it. I mean they were great and they've been those guys have played with other bands that have been awesome. You know, they've they've played with other rhythm sections that they've conquered and made their own but with Blue Murder they were something special you know those guys amazing on their own together hard to deny it but if you're going to do that I'm going Ricky Rocket and Bobby Dahl (laughs) no I'm just kidding
0: (laughs) you sure you're kidding
2: yes I'm sure I'm kidding they're at least down at number 20 (laughs) that's terrible man I know I know I'm just joking I love them guys though
0: yeah nice guys but come on
2: i still got a lot of list between here and poison i've
0: got another well one of my other picks is i'm sure some people some musical snobs are going to hate me for it but i'll I'll hold off for now
2: okay yeah everybody build up your hate because it's coming i was just kidding about the poison thing
0: (laughs) yeah i'm not about this one
2: (laughs) all right so it's up to me at number 13 oh boy um Man, so many good ones. I'm going to go Tom Morello and Dave Lombardo from Slayer. Mm. I know you're not the big Slayer fan that I am, I guess. I'm not the biggest Slayer fan, but I don't think you can deny. Again, here's another situation where the bass player is also singing and being the front man for the band, and he's teamed up with one of the greatest drummers of all time, and together, they can lock it in. So when you got Slayer and there's all kinds of insane stuff going on in the guitars, you got to have something to hold that all together. And so it's got to be a powerful rhythm section to be able to do that. Otherwise, the crazy guitars go off the chart and it's unlistenable. These guys make Slayer listenable. I think at number 14 is a fair place to put them. Tom Araya and Dave Lombardo of Slayer.
0: I mean, you can't argue that they're good players. I mean, especially Lombardo. He's like, you know, I think Lombardo, chop for chop, is probably the best thrash metal drummer ever. I mean, he's he's great. But Araya is bass, I mean, he's a solid, plus he's a singer and a primary songwriter. So, I mean, that's, or is Kerry King the main songwriter in that band? I can't remember.
2: I don't know. But I know if it weren't for those guys, I don't know if Slayer would even be listenable. It'd be insane. That'd be like listening to Vinnie Vincent guitar a cappella. It'd be awful, you know? So the power of that alone at least gets them in the top 20. Well,
0: you you can listen to that Vinnie Vincent a cappella thing. It's called Speedball Jam.
2: I will not. Thank you very much. It's
0: it's like $350 on his website.
2: (laughs) All to give yourself a terrible migraine headache. No. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Even when I was at my biggest nerddom for Vinnie Vincent, I couldn't get through that.
2: You want to take a break for a second and talk about something that's related, but maybe not related? When I'm looking at the top 10 and I'm looking at these top 20 and all these different teams we're looking at, I've run across some that I thought, well, I'm not sure which one it goes with. So I know one of your favorite bands of all time, and I'll use this as an example, is the Ramones. So you got Didi Mm -hmm. Ramone, who was the bass player for the majority of all the good stuff. But he played with Tommy, he played with Marky, and he played with Richie. And to me, when I'm looking at this list, it kind of diminishes what Didi does because he didn't really have one solid guy that you could say, oh, yeah, that was the duo. So I was just wondering, as a Ramones fan, do you have Didi and a drummer from the Ramones ranked? And if you did, which one would it be?
0: It was my next pick.
2: <laughs> oh, well, let's go into your next pick then. That's perfect timing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there laughing going, really, are you doing this? Um,
2: yeah. Purely no. coincidental, I promise. Yeah,
0: well, you know, and and I had the same thought, though, because, you know, multiple drummers, but and a lot of people would want me to pick Dee, Dee and Tommy because Tommy was the original. Right. And, and Tommy's very important to the original Ramon sound. However... My favorite version of the Ramones are the marky years. So, I and I think Marky was a superior drummer. I still think that, and you know he, the way he locked in with Dee Dee. Like, listen to the uh, it's a live live album, and you'll hear those guys just kicking ass together. And uh, yeah, and also Markey left, and then Richie came in, and Richie was with him for a little while, but then Marky took over for the whole rest of the band's run. So, I, I consider Markey the quintessential Ramones drummer, and they absolutely were going to make my list. I know some people are probably rolling their eyes at that, but I mean god, I mean how important are the bass and drums to the ramones? I mean, they're hugely right, important. true. Yeah. And um and uh you know, Marky does a does a great job holding it down and then Dee Dee probably, you know, the best songwriter out of the group and wrote most of the bigger songs for them. So, you know, they were they were a no-brainer for me.
2: I don't really have too much of a problem with that. The only reason I didn't have him really ranked is because like you said, you know, he's played with three different drummers. How do you pick the best one? Let me ask you this. Is Metallica represented on your list? Do you think they'd make the top 20? Not for me. No. Because I mean, you got Lars Ulrich on drums, but then you got to decide which one's the best. Is it him and Cliff, him and Jason, or him and Robert?
0: Well, I mean, if I'm viewing the true rhythm section of Metallica, I think you're looking at Lars and James. You know, I I, like I because the bass has always been more of just a mimic of the guitar in Metallica. So really. And most of the songs are written by Lars and James before they get brought into the rest of the guy. So that's why I didn't even consider them.
2: Okay, And then, of course, another one that you'd have to look at is the three different rhythm sections involving gene simmons you got peter chris eric carr and eric singer now i don't know if any one of those makes the top 20 of all time all rock bands but out of the three of them which one do you think gene makes the best rhythm section with to me and this is just my opinion
0: the early years with peter chris
2: yeah and it's cool because it's unique because you got Gene Simmons coming from kind of a, a Beatles place and you got Peter Chris coming from the swing drumming big band stuff. And it really kind of creates something unique for, you know, the the vocals and the guitar to be laid on on top of. So you basically you got a foundation that you're putting the pretties to. You add the pretty vocals, the pretty guitar, you know, that enhances the song. But the song itself is always going to be the bass and the drums at the core of it with a band like KISS. And so when I was looking at it, I think, man, you know, them early years, so cool and so unique. But, I mean, a lot of the stuff he did with Eric Carr, in the eighties was really solid too. But even nowadays, I would almost venture to say that he has more of a connection with Eric Singer than maybe he did with either of the other two.
0: Well, I'd say he, maybe he locks in better with Eric Singer now, but, and a lot of this is not either of the Eric's fault, but it's the true, it's the true fact that Gene became less experimental and became more of just a pocket root player right. after the Peter Chris early years. And that and i and i hate to say it but i think it's more the result of laziness than anything you know because um, those first few years with kiss especially the you know not so you know the albums had certain stuff on them that you could hear him do this stuff but watch the live shows like the kobo show the winterland show and he's doing a lot of experimental stuff and like he it's almost like ignorance was bliss because he wasn't a schooled player He was just going off what he heard in his head. Now, one quote of Gene's that always stuck with me that explained the way he played in the early days was that when he would write up bass lines, he would think in terms of hearing a horn section play it. So when you have – if you imagine his bass playing in the early days, you can hear that because it's definitely more – like, I don't know, it's just more adventurous than a regular root pocket player is. So right. Peter kind of got the benefit of that. And also Peter bringing a completely different style into a hard rock band. It sure. just made like a it was like a great mix of, of different ingredients. Yeah,
2: because if you think about it like that, if Gene's picturing his bass as a horn section, then who better as a drummer to accompany that than a guy like Peter Chris?
0: Yeah. And nobody was hornier than Gene. <laughs>
2: Ain't that the truth? Good yeah, thing this isn't a draft on who was the horniest. Gene Simmons yeah. would have been number one. Yeah, with everybody else a far, far second. Uh-huh. All right. So I guess I'm not gonna go with Gene Simmons, and I'm definitely not gonna go with Metallica. Not yet anyway. So that um,
0: wasn't a pick of yours.
2: That was not a pick of mine. I was just that was just me thinking out loud. Okay. I think for me at number fifteen Again, this is tough, but I, I feel like I'm going with an obvious one here. But I, they got to be on the list, I think. Tom Hamilton and Joey Kramer of Aerosmith.
0: You took the next one I was going to pick.
2: <laughs> oh, man, I could have picked one of my weirder ones and got away with it. Oh,
0: well, you help me, I can pick a weirder one. Okay, <laughs>
2: cool. But, yeah, I well, think you, you got to have them, and I think probably people are upset that we got as far as we did without including them, but rest assured – Tom Hamilton and Joey Kramer are definitely top twenty.
0: Well, see now, I'm, oh shit, I am. There's two, yeah. There's two. There's two rhythm sections that I can't believe neither of us have picked, and they're like the fucking Mount Rushmore. And I'm.
2: Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, I still got a big list here in front of me, so I mean, I could keep. Going. I know, but, I could go up to sixty with this. I think.
0: Oh, I know. I guess we'll just keep going, but I mean, I. We're gonna I have two picks left and you have two picks
2: left, right? Yep, looks like it. We're getting there.
0: So I'm gonna pick one of these two, and if you don't pick the other one, then that's your fault. Okay. All right, the the this is one I can't believe any other of us have picked yet, and that's John Ent and Keith Moon.
2: They would have been as far as what I got left on the top of my list, there's only one other duo before them, and it would have been them. So they would have made it for me
0: okay so i mean the who and i mean good lord the the talk about adventurous both these guys they were like playing stuff off of different planets in in the same song and it still sounded amazing
2: yeah you can't deny that i mean as far as drum and bass duos i think here's another one that probably anybody that's not our age that maybe be just a little bit older than us would say 17 for these guys you don't know what the hell you're talking about
0: I'm more just picking stuff off my possibilities as we go. They're not really one and two and whatever.
2: Yeah. Well, they are 17.
0: Yeah. I mean, for for purposes of this show, they are. But, I mean, yeah, I know most people would put them in their top three probably.
2: Probably right. But for us, 17 is good enough. (laughs) And I think – but, you know, at least we included them. We didn't totally blow them off. No,
0: I consider all 10 of the ones that I've picked like gold.
2: Yeah, and if you went to pick those two, I definitely would have. But like I said, there was one band on my list that hasn't been chosen by either myself or you yet, besides John and Twistle and Keith Moon. So at number 18 for me, it's going to be Rex Brown and Vinnie Paul.
0: Yeah, I had them on my list too. They They probably weren't going to make my top 10 though.
2: Oh man, this sucks because there's a huge... I've got more left than I do on the top 20, but I think... Well, we'll go over it when we're done with the list here. When you're talking about like great bands with great, powerful, so powerful rhythm sections look no further than Pantera. Of course, everybody loves Phil. Everybody's crazy about Dimebag Daryl. You know, what he did on guitar was completely unbelievable and stuff that I'd never heard anybody do before. But again, just like Iron Maiden, Pantera is a band that you could actually take Phil and Dime out of those songs and still crank it up in your car and be headbanging as you were driving because it's the driving force behind those songs, yes. Dimebag adds so much lightning and so much fire to those songs, but without the tank treads that make that shit chug along, I mean the rest of it doesn't even really matter. So as good of a guitar player as Dimebag is and as much as he adds to those songs, I think without Rex and Vinny, these songs are nothing. You got to have that power behind them, otherwise they don't work. And when you talk about power, none higher than rex brown and Vinnie paul proudly put those guys at 18 well
0: i mean they deserve consideration for the fact that you know pantera was well when you know i'm not including the first three records because right. they were very different but you know once cowboys came out you know the the, the term groove metal got kind of coined and yeah. it was because of them and you know there's nothing there's nothing that's more based in groove than a rhythm section exactly so, you know, and like Vinny Paul, he doesn't get a lot of uh, praise for his drumming, but good God, I mean, like those songs benefited so much from his playing. Just, just listen to Domination. That's just one of the most powerful groove metal songs there is.
2: Yep. So these guys definitely deserve it. Maybe even a little higher than what we got them, but we're not going to do this without them. So you right, got so one I- more, man, number nineteen. You've got one, and I've got one. So this is it. I've got a massive list left left over here, and I know you do too but we've only each got room for one more. And these are going to be the most difficult ones because I look at what's left, you know, and go, man, how do you choose?
0: I know. Um, there's so many that are deserving. Um, and there's one, there's one, especially one bass player that I really want to put in, but I'm picking this as my list. So as bands that, Oh, this, cause I want to make the last one an emotional one. That means a lot to me. um, because it's more about what i'm into so one thing that and i'm i don't think i bet these guys didn't even make your list but although maybe they did but i've really gotten into this band's 70s material hardcore lately and the guitar player gets pretty much all the praise but god damn is is the rhythm section not a huge part of it and i'm talking about dusty hill and frank beard as easy top
2: yep they would have been within my next six picks if not oh, really yeah for sure
0: and just oh my god the 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 groove and the tightness of this band and like listen to uh you know jesus just left chicago and lagrange and all that early 70s that stuff from the 70s they were just so damn i mean yeah the 80s was a cheesy time for them and you know forget about it, I don't, i'm not even including that part of their career the last or the last couple records they put out really just what a hell of a rhythm section it's another one of those bands where it's three people so you really got a lot to hold up to so yeah i gotta i'm gonna end my list with that and i know there's people that i'm i'm pissed at myself for not picking but we'll go over them in a second
2: yeah you gotta have zz top in there for sure without a doubt like you said i wonder if looking at this now and it hadn't really dawned on me before but there's a lot of situations in here where the greatest rhythm sections are coming from three-piece bands yeah, I wonder if just like being in a three-piece band levelates you that much more or makes you that much more noticeable or how that really works but it definitely seems to be kind of a returning theme on our list so far here on our top 20 is when it's two-thirds of the band man, the rhythm section becomes very, very important and yeah, yeah few better than Dusty Hill and Frank Beard if you look at all the criteria we're looking at long career, yup accomplished a lot together yep major part of their band most definitely they got it all you know if these guys aren't in the top 20 then i think we're doing something wrong
0: yeah definitely i mean i think we're being pretty objective considering we didn't pick gene simmons and peter or whoever you know i mean that's i'm sure most people of course they're gonna pick gene and peter you know but we i think we've done pretty good so far
2: yeah and i think in the idea of making it fair and not, you know, being too personal about it. For my number 20 pick, I'm going to go with Todd Chase and Michael Lean from Tough. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. They are on my list.
0: <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, Stevie appreciates you. Oh,
2: man. It's so difficult now at this point because there's so many left that I'd love to pick. Um, wow. You know, I kind of look at Lemmy, you know, but he did so long with Phil Taylor and they were awesome together. But then I thought you would have picked them. There's a whole nother side of it where he was with Mickey D for so long and he was so awesome with him, too. So it's not like you think of Lemmy and it's just one guy it's it's one out of two so that kind of knocked them down I looked at Peter Steele you know typo negative and but I mean he a long time Johnny Kelly and then before that a lot of their classic stuff was with Sal Abruscato Ab- Ab- Bruce, Ab- Bruce- Ab- I think is how you say it
0: if you're on your own with that one I
2: don't know how to say his name either I think <laughs> that's how you say it if I look at my list the way I've got it now and I go with the top one that hasn't been listed. I hate to do it. I want to go to the, with the one below that. But you kind of have a hard time not including these guys, and I think people would look at me funny if I didn't. All right. I guess, I mean, just to be fair and just to be right, I'm not the biggest fan of this band by any means, but you cannot deny the rhythm section of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Look at Flea and Chad Smith. Maybe not... a. Technically, a Decibel Geek band. I mean, they have done some really rockin' stuff over the years, but I just don't think you could put this list together without including Flea and Chad Smith. Individually, amazing. Together, they're perfect, you know, for what they do. And the bass and the drums are such a huge part of that band, is another thing that goes along with that. So they don't have, you know, a blistering lead guitar player in the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They've got good guitar players over the years but yeah. they're mainly known for bass and drums. And so for if you look at Long Career Together, yep, they sure did. You know, wrote a lot of great songs together. But as far as being the most important part of the band, it's the rhythm section with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And so I'm going to give the 20 spot. Man, there's so many other ones I love. I mean, there's there's other teams on here that the bands that they play for, I love so much more. Than the Chili Peppers, but if we're just being honest and we're just talking about rhythm sections and the team of the bass and the drums at number twenty, I'm going with Flea and Chad Smith. Is that wrong?
0: No, it, it's actually a smart pick because, in like they wouldn't have made my list, but I've always said about the Chili Peppers, like the drummer and the bassist are amazing. It's too bad they don't have a good singer or a good guitar player. I've always said that.
2: I don't mind the singing so much. I think dude's a decent singer, but, I mean, yeah, they could use a really kick-ass guitar player, but that's not really what they're going for.
0: Well, the the only time I liked the guitar playing in the Chili Peppers was the One Hot Minute album they did with Dave Navarro.
2: See, and And I'm not even a fan of that because I don't think the guitar playing's that quality on that album.
0: I like that it was thicker sounding and heavier, but the songs were not great. There wasn't much good stuff on the record, but, but Anthony Kiedis, I think is one of the most overrated vocalists in music history.
2: I think it would be difficult for a really, really good guitar player to come in and be a part of the Red Hot Chili Peppers because the rhythm section is so powerful and drowns out just about anything else around it. So, well, I think I'm,
0: I think my, my biggest gripe is not so much the ability of the guitar player as it is it almost sounds like they intentionally try to make the guitar sound as puny and tiny as possible. You know, the guitars always sound so weak on their records. And I almost like, is Flea the Lars Ulrich of the Red Hot Chili Peppers where he goes in? And he's like, turn their guitars down to DB, you know?
2: I don't know. Maybe it's just that Flea. Maybe it's just that Chad Smith and Flea together are so freaking powerful that Ace Fraley would sound like garbage in the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You just can't stand next well, to I'd those like to- guys
0: i'd love to hear flea and chad smith do a side project and do like a a hard rock or a metal band
2: that would be killer i would love that a lot because i know they would
0: they would do some cool shit
2: oh they got it in them all right could you imagine those guys doing like a thrash metal band
0: yeah exactly and like flea doing that the pop slapping shit like in a thrash it was like it'd be like funk metal i think it would be awesome
2: how cool would that be they could be like the suicidal tendencies the infectious grooves yeah
0: well, that's why I like Robert Trujillo, because he's, he's the guy that does that. He's basically like what it would be like if we played that stuff.
2: But I think overall, looking back on this, I think we've done pretty well. I don't think there's anything too outrageous on here, and uh, I think we covered a lot of good people. Is there plenty left? Oh, yeah, there's a lot left. Well, like I said, maybe you and I slide on over from here to do a little Chris and Aaron show and round out the top 40. We can knock that out real quick and have a whole new episode up for you guys
0: okay and well and if, yeah if you're on paid go to patreon.com slash geek and sign up to get that and uh damn there's oh i want to say it so bad but there's like a couple of picks on here that i'm like why the fuck didn't i pick them so that'll be fun and uh, obviously when you get this episode uh, either on twitter or on facebook or wherever leave in the comment section what we got right what you think we got wrong and what you would have picked
2: Yeah, who did we leave out of the top 20 that you would have put in? We want to know. Leave it in the comments section. Let's get that conversation rolling over there on our Facebook page because that's where it's happening at. Like us on our Facebook page. You get in on the conversation. We like that a lot. It's a lot of fun. It's like a big rock and roll party over there, and we're all talking about it. Then head on over to Decibel Geek TV on the YouTube. Rock and Ron's got it happening over there. If you missed any of the Friday Night Lives we've been doing, that's where you can catch up on it he's got those in the archives now along with a bunch of other cool stuff we've been doing and uh yeah we got some cool stuff coming up again this friday night but like chris said if you want to hear part two of what we're doing here with this draft with these awesome awesome rhythm sections then you got to become a decibel geek vip and you do that by going to patreon looking up decibel geek podcast and joining in on it it's very very inexpensive But there are, like I said, I just released episode 112 of the Chris and Aaron show. So there's 112 episodes of that available. And those are usually about an hour long, if not longer. (laughs) And we also got the Torpedo Dudes going on, which is our very own KISS podcast. They tell me it's the greatest KISS podcast in the history of Patreon. It is. That's what I hear. As a matter of fact...
0: The only one, but yeah.
2: Right? Yeah, it's the only one. But, uh... The very next release for the Torpedo Dudes is super secret, awesome from the archives, something I forgot that we had. It's very cool, and the KISS fans are going to love it. All the extras and all the fun, the Torpedo Dudes, the Chris and Aaron show, and so much more, head on over to Patreon.com and become a Decibel Geek VIP. And while we're at it, I want to tell you guys this do us a favor head on over to pantheon Podcasts. give them a like and tell them thank you for partnering up with the decibel geek podcast they'll be super impressed with that yep yep all right you ready to get on over to the chris and aaron show and finish this thing off
0: yep i'm getting in my car right
2: now all right well for everybody else we'll see you next week see you